Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. And I'm going to try and not scream into the microphone as I was told I was doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I, well, you were, yeah, you weren't the only one, Scott. I knew it was like, as we were, in case you're wondering where that came from, if you hadn't noticed, we recently had the opportunity to sit down, Scott and I, with both Drew and John from the Wizards of the Coast team to talk Wave 3, Siege, uh, War for Cybertron Siege, as well as a number of other really interesting topics, and I'd encourage you, we're not going to, I'm sure it'll come up, but we're not going to rehash all the details. Go check that interview out, either on YouTube or on SoundCloud, all the links are over on VectorSigma.info. Um, before we dive into the litany of topics that we have for tonight, Scott, was there anything you did want to highlight out of that that you felt, you know, it's important to reiterate? Uh, besides the shout outs to us. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was actually really cool. Like that, that felt really good. <laughs> yeah. I think what's important is that, um, I mean, like we kind of had a conversation in the middle there where, um, I, I guess they kind of agreed with some of the stances we had on the way that the card should play out and the, the, the depth of some of the strategies. Right. And that it was intentionally made that way. And that like, you know, the whole bigger than the sum of the parts, like that kind of deal, yep. things like that, that like we had kind of stated and just some of the behind the scenes kind of things that, that were highlighted. Like there's little tidbits here and there that I think some people have highlighted, but I really think it's just the, the openness of what the conversation was. Right. Um, and you know, that it's doing well enough to even warrant this type of attention and, the speed at which the cards are being spoiled and, and things like that just to me is very positive to go along with like, you know, other things I've seen out in the news and stuff like that. So I just think it was very positive for them to, to state a lot of that stuff. Um, we, we kind of stayed on the game, not really as much on the, the lore and the IP like we have in the past. So right. if there's any doubt about that, um, you know, definitely check that out. It's very game focused, very current metagame focused, even like there was a, pretty big i would say conversation about that more than i think like than in my experience i've seen like the company ever comment on yeah in general wizards with this game has definitely been more forthcoming than i've seen uh, in other games in in you know at any point that they've been much more willing to dive in at that level uh obviously as we've discussed before i haven't kept up in recent years with how magic operates at least that intimately but from my past experience playing magic and other games it just that wasn't really a thing like obviously they're involved with it but it it, it feels different here i think what's important here to understand is that like in magic now the big thing is obviously magic the Gathering arena which is the online uh platform right and when you have any kind of online platform even when they had um, Magic Online, which I think still exists. I, I don't even know how it works nowadays. But um, yeah, there's a long, complicated story for that. <laughs> but <yeah>. anyway, <laughs> uh, I think they both still exist. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you can gather data much faster on what's being played, on what's oh, being for sure. Yeah, and like, wh like where where secondary markets going, like whatever you need data to justify a, a position on, you can get. I mean, besides the fact, obviously, it's a much bigger game. Um, but the data is just available at the click of a button, literally, whereas in this situation, they have to rely a lot on word of mouth. 
Right. Um, and it's not just the size of the tournaments. Like, you know, the biggest tournament sizes are like, you know, hovering around the 2025 mark. It's not just that. It's that it's that they understand that, like, they're taking the results of what's out there and, and really having to comb through them and make decisions based on that without – and basically listening to the community – more readily than just seeing the, what happens in the community. I think that's a that's a big distinction. Of course, yeah. It definitely impacts a lot of the decision-making, and I think for readily apparent reasons. Yeah. So I, I don't know if there's much more to add on to, <laughs> to what you just outlined there. Um, so I guess at the end of that, as we started out with, basically go check out the interview. There's a lot of interesting things there, or certainly that we felt were, and it sounds like the people that have already listened to it have kind of agreed. So, um, good. Moving on from there, we didn't actually cover this in the interview because I don't know if there was a whole lot to ask them about. It was outlined again. I don't want to say surprisingly thoroughly, but they did a fantastic job of outlining exactly what their thought process was and. You can agree or disagree with it, but they were thorough in what they were trying to accomplish. And of course, I'm talking about we have our first band card in swap parts. Uh, I guess the obvious question for you, Scott, is, is this the answer you were looking for? We did have a long discussion about it, so I kind of all already know <laughs> where it's going. But now that you've had time to sleep on it, do you think this was appropriate? Um, if they weren't willing to change the way that I wanted them to, which was to change the way that the moving cards, the, the moving of equipment, once they're already in play, mm. will not trigger again. Um, and they stated that they didn't want to do that for some reason. I, right. I think a lot of that was because of, um, actual wording on the card to not make it confuse. Like if the actual wording on the card says attach, as opposed to come into play, like that's the way they wanted it. That might change going forward with some cards. Yeah, I'm very curious how that because they didn't. I I know exactly which line in the the article the the declaration for this ban you're talking about, and I'm expecting going forward we're going to see when this is played a lot more frequently than when this is attached. I agree. Um, um because they, which may or may not affect things. I don't know. Well, I mean, it'll obviously affect if we get a swap parts 2.0 down the line at some stage, but at which the, we already know we're kind of getting. So yes, exactly. Um, yeah. If we get, I guess, more effects that do these sort of things, I get personally. I get why they wanted both this interaction initially, that is, moving cards between characters and then re-triggering them, and then also why they didn't want cards to function differently than they read. Uh, I guess it remains to be seen what we're going to be looking at long-term. Clearly, this this idea, this concept, is going to be not even at the back of their minds, but probably somewhere in the middle or, or towards the front whenever they're designing new things going forward. Yeah, my fear is that the deck list they posted is clearly not even the best version that, right. that you can make with this type of stuff. And you can still in a way, do a lot of what the combo wanted to do. You just won't actually win with it, so you can basically just waste a bunch of time mm -hmm. if you draw correctly, and like that doesn't actually lead the game anywhere. So like that's my fear with... Uh, swap Arts was clearly the problem. I mean, that was what I kind of said when I wanted to change that ruling. Right. It, was, it was basically because of that, because again, I, I still feel like cards like Multi-Tool have no use outside of, and and 
testify and cards like that just have no use outside of combo. Right. Um, so that's why I would have just, I would have probably gone further to make the rule change, but I mean, this is fine. I mean, it's not yeah. a problem. So, I mean, like, what can we do? It's interesting that the, a few of the other points that they have brought up in there, for example, that they are comfortable with if this combo, because this was actually posted after the ban, uh, I think it was Kent in one of the Facebook groups. I apologize if I'm attributing it to the wrong person, but he had posted his list for the uh, the now infamous and dead combo, but also another one based around Thundercracker that he was coining as Avalanche that essentially did something very similar where it built up a whole bunch of actions, drew the whole deck, and then was able to pump Thundercracker to a gazillion and steamroll and then protect him in order to do it again next turn because basically your whole deck was in your hands. Uh, it's, it's interesting that they weren't, they didn't specifically say that that deck was okay, but they did call out that they're okay with you pumping Thundercracker to a gazillion. The reason I call attention to that is I've tried a lot of Thundercracker decks and I feel like swap parts was kind of a, a key component in making those consistent enough. So I guess that, I don't know if there's anything else to interpret from there as to what they envision is reasonable versus not reasonable uh, it, it's a it's a type of thing where i think just like if the engine stalls it's just less consistent i think that's where the swap parts comes into play and that's why i think it's the safest thing you can do i just fear that like we've already seen a card that kind of mirrors that and like i don't understand like how that's not going to continue to be a problem so i'm guessing and obviously without seeing the whole remainder of the new set that either there's there's something else in there or that they just feel that now since you would require say ready for action or something that it's you have to continue going above and beyond while you're losing one of your helper cards and swap parts so that's enough or maybe the set's going to come out and we'll get another round of either a ban or a change or, or whatever yeah we just have to wait and see yeah exactly so, uh, any other thoughts for swap parts since we uh, kind of beat it to death <laughs> last time around before the interview? No, again, like the article is very thorough. Um, you know, like they they outlined almost every option that we laid out on the table on our podcast right a week before the ruling came out. So, I, I assume they took that in in some way, shape, or form because mm-hmm. um, they did mention that like they listened to various media that was out there, and a lot of these options were mentioned. Well, exactly. So they probably listened to it and you know, heard, heard all these ideas. So like they actually went over almost every single thing that we kind of went over. So it's good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like I said, it, it, and you had outlined as well that it's, they were very thorough and it, I, again, don't want to use the word surprised because that, I don't know that it, to me, if I say, Oh, well, I was surprised that they were that thorough about it. That, that sounds kind of negative, but that they were willing to clearly they're going to behind the scenes, do their due diligence but the fact that they were this open about it and outlining it at all these stages was was comforting to me at least yep so uh moving from swap parts we're going to move into actually a recent event uh that at the time of this recording was this past weekend so we had another case event and there's actually i want to give a quick shout out there's been a number of them or larger tournaments that are starting to show up all around the U.S. and I know you have some of the deck lists up over on the website, Scott. Yeah, pretty much. I would say I even I saw one today in California that had fourteen people, but the person I reached out to that posted the results couldn't get a hold of all four of the deck lists. 
Okay. But like, in my opinion, if there's an event that has at this point 15 or more players, um, and you want to send us the top four deck lists with the store that hosted it and and or the city that hosted it. For example, I had that San Antonio one without a city, without a That's store cool. or location. Just I put San Antonio. Um, you can feel free to send them to us. Um, like I said, just I just need to know the number of people that were at the event so it can quote be eligible. I guess you would say so. At least like some meta can right. um, that's in other places can be stated instead of we just keep stating what's going on around us because we happen to have a lot right. of of course it's going to be easiest so. for us because we have the events and we're there so it's easy to collect make sure that we're collecting the data but like scott is outlining it's important to get these other areas and help shape i guess the global meta <laughs> national meta I, i'm not sure exactly what to to term it at this stage yeah just like i said you know we'll I'll continue to put those up as I get them. So feel free to send them my way. I just need to know how many people were there and and the top four lists preferably. Um, I mean, if it's a massive event, just let me know. We can do up the top eight, but I would assume top four is significant for this. Right. So at this particular event from this past weekend, we had some old standbys both as far as decks go and as far as uh, faces for top four and go. Uh, again, they're up on VectorSigma.info, but we had... Couple Sentinel, the top four we're talking about, couple Sentinels, uh, Insecticons, and Dinobots of the older variety, we'll call it, rather than the combining kind, as you would imagine. Otherwise, we'd probably be starting off with that because that, that would be probably news to everyone. Yeah, not the specialist variety either that made the top four, or one, I want to say, the tournament that was in Colorado as well. Right. That had like swoop and sludge as multiple specialists. So this is your more traditional. Dinobots. Exactly. And uh, Clayton has been doing pretty well with that uh, for a number of weeks now. But again, we had a number of uh, old standbys from a deck and player perspective that are performing well and coming out on top. Uh, the notable thing is we did have, well, maybe not the notable thing, but one of the notable things is we did have a number of Sentinel decks that are performing well. Stefan has been piloting it very well for a while. John went back to his old, I guess, his old standby of Insecticons. <laughs> Uh, that he had won one of the uncut sheets from Packs Unplugged with, obviously updated, and then Dan this time decided to switch it up and run Sentinels as well. Any other or any comments on these? That like is this kind of what you expected going into this, Scott? Before we get into a little bit of the wackiness that you had, if you wanted to call that out. Um, I mean, just note that Dan's Sentinel list is very different. Um, he yes. included a full play set of security checkpoint as well as um. Two handheld blasters, um, basically what he, I mean, I know intimately, um, you know, basically they, it was a 38 card deck that, you know, um, they wanted to, him and Mark played the, Mark Kenny played the exact same list. Um, they basically had 38 cards settled and they just basically were like, what are our two extra cards? And they put in, um, the handheld blasters in Stefan's list. That's different. Like he's, he's adapted every single tournament that he's played in um yes so i think i think the big change this time was around playing energon slingshot um right i think that's the that's the biggest change i noted them about it um because to me like that again that was a card that i felt like was underplayed overall in the meta and i understand its use here um in talking to him was basically that similar to like obviously other decks that we've piloted in the past that he 
what the Sentinels list allows him to do with now having one shot stand and John slingshot and um and hot rod, which you cannot essentially like use combat commands for extra activations and things like that, is like it, it takes it takes a lot of effort and a lot of cards to actually like do a significant amount of damage. Um, if outside of attacking, but like it's not impossible that you would get a KO of a character, especially like a combiner part or like a smaller character in general, like without even attacking them, right? Just due to the plethora of this stuff. Um, and to me, like Energon Slingshot, it's only a plus one, but it gives you the extra plus one in the damage. And you know, again, it's only helped by the other stuff that's going on um, in the deck. So um, I think, like, if you had to pin me down and like say like. I'm, I'm not, the, the two Sentinel lists that made top four specifically were probably like, I think Dan and I looked at it, it was like 15 cards or 10 or 15 cards off. Like, it was significantly different. Yeah, they, there were a lot um, of differences if you hold them up side by side. Yeah, like, it, and which was hard to do given the deck list, but um, <laughs> it was it was just like fishing around, but... Um, I think the I think the the powerful nature of it is is just is in its consistency. Like Stefan's list is very consistent. Like right, it's 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 combat effects, damage, which you know we can count damage as a combat effect or whatever you want. It's a it's damage, combat adders, weapons, and ways to ensure that you're getting that all the time, um, and then discard. Right. Um, Dan's version is more heavy on the discard, playing security checkpoint, which was very powerful for him throughout the day. Um, it just doesn't have as much of the redundancy uh, because it's just not playing as many numbers. I don't even think he's playing like, you know, supercharge at all and things like that. So like you don't have the redundancy of like just getting like, it doesn't matter which of the combat pumps you're drawing you, you, if you don't have as many of them. So it's just a exactly. little bit different in that, in, in that sense, but it doesn't, I don't, I don't know that either one of these is a hundred percent correct, obviously. Um, but I think some amalgam of the two would be the next place that I would, I would go. Right. And of course, it's going to be contingent, as we were talking about earlier, with other events, what you're seeing locally. The heavier disruption elements that made an appearance in Dan's list, as you said, security checkpoints being the the highlight there. Uh, they could just be blanks depending on what you're you're seeing locally, I guess. I mean, they, I struggle to think of something where it's literally never going to do anything if you draw it, but uh, maybe, the again, the redundancy, gaining access to supercharges or other combat pumps, other burn, whatever it happens to be, could be more crucial, depending on what's in your local area. I, I'm inclined to agree with you that I don't think either one is necessarily the Sentinel list. It's still an evolving thing, but to me, at least, it feels as though Sentinels may always be that sort of thing because you have access to a wide array of tools that it's just kind of pilot preference as well as medical, as well as, well, you know what, sometimes they just do mean things, so maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, they have access to more cars than any other deck. They have access to more just effects in a turn than any other deck because characters don't need to flip the flips you're getting out of the ko pile all have effects that are advancing your board or advancing your hand or 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 anything like that yeah um, you, the so, disrupting your opponent is just you know sometimes you know what you take their one play and then they just go i guess i lose right so you know i mean 
it, it's it allows a lot of give um, because it, I don't want to say it's like an easy deck or anything like that. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. That like it, it's it's redundancy and its power level are just very high. So um, you know, piloted by a solid player to begin with. Like if you imagine an axis of like really good deck and really good player meeting like that's where you're at with this like um, you're not handicapping yourself in any way by running this deck yeah um, there there are so. definitely decks out there and it, just to elaborate on what scott's talking about is just you know sometimes you like a deck but you need to play flawlessly or you need to make sure that you know you you never make a mistake in order to make up for the fact that its raw power level is just not there and this deck is good enough that it might make up for a mistake or two <laughs> along the way. Yeah, and, and yeah, I would agree. Um, were you surprised at all that we're seeing Dinobots? I guess, I I don't want to call it a resurgence, but it, it like I said, Clayton has been performing really well. There, are, there aren't a whole, uh, rather than stutter, I <laughs> let me rephrase it. There aren't a huge quantity of people, at least locally for us, playing Dinobots. But again, Clayton has been performing really well with it. Is that surprising to you at all, given what we see getting played locally? I mean, considering I'm on record saying I don't think the deck's very good, I would say yes. Um, <laughs> I think I think the I think the issue is, and this is the issue. I mean, I lost to him in the top eight, so I can I know what my issue was there. I think I I think the problem or or the strength of the deck is very subtle um the numbers on the character <laughs> ironically the, enough i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah the the numbers on the characters are better than other decks so like if you built your deck in a way that like like i did for example that like okay if my enemies are going to be prow and iron i have to do 11 or 12 damage assuming they get no blues or like you know worst case scenario 13 or something like that like uh-huh. That's not going to kill the Dinobots. And that was a problem I ran into. Like, my max damage for my hand, I mean, given outside of, like, you know, getting some ridiculous combat draws with, like, four double R's or something ridiculous. That would, you know, of course, there's always those hands. Way, uh, way outside the scale of variance. Um, like, the typical amount of damage that I was doing in attack just wasn't killing them. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I feel that there's a lot of situations where you're running into that. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of, of course, like the Insecticon players, or like I don't even understand how the necessarily like the Sentinel matchup goes there because again, like they're doing good good amount of damage, but like it's still not always going to be like fourteen, fifteen. Like it's not going to be like these numbers that right you can get to, and and, and the Grimlock Trample ability remains extremely strong, not just in a combiner based meta, but just in any meta in general, when it's backed up by, um, w- when you're not wasting any damage at all, like that's the whole point. Like, exactly. You see what, so you know, I I don't know, I, I don't know like how often he's healing. I don't know how often like the the snarl ability comes into play. Like, so I, I can't comment as to whether or not like, you know, the card makeup like not playing field communicators on sludge is correct or anything like that. I, I can't right. comment on things like that, but like what I can say is that like this, the, the raw stats on the characters are just higher than other decks and it makes a difference. Absolutely. And, and, 
and I don't know, like the damage output is helped by the fact that the character has trample built into him. Yeah, as you so, I mean, you said it. You're not wasting anything with your biggest guy, right? And your guys are doing like even if you don't plan a plan for like a better turn, plan a card with snarl. If the deck is mostly orange, you're still doing seven damage. Yeah, like, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that like I mean, Sentinel's attacks can do that when you attack with Prowl, but like your Optimus attack is not doing seven. So your worst character on the first turn of the game is still getting in for seven. I'm not sure that other decks can say that. Right. I mean, Sentinel, you you get hypothetically eight out of Prowl, hypothetically seven out of Ironhide, but I get right. where you're going with it. And I. So the more that I've been thinking about Dinobots, and I'll admit that it's been influenced by Clayton performing so well with them that one of the biggest issues they've had as a, a perennial rival is Insecticons. And yes, John played it in top Ford here. Uh, Mark has often played it. But there aren't a whole lot of people playing bugs just in general. So if your biggest predator is virtually non-existent, it kind of makes sense that it would come back. And like you said, the raw stats on those characters can carry the day. It, it sometimes just is enough. I mean, I've seen Insecticons do well in other areas as well, though. So, like, oh, that's yeah. not going to be a, a universal thing. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not saying that, like, they've fallen off the face of the earth. They're clearly still a very strong deck. They clearly still perform very well. And if you hear some breathing in the background, my dog decided to come visit. <laughs> so, hi, baby. Oh. Because um, you never heard that. You never that. Yeah, I know. Well, the, she wasn't barking. She was just like, <laughs> just breathing. Yeah. So, um, well, Bentley's been on my lap the whole time. So oh, okay, that's fair. That. Um, um, it, but my point is, is that at least for us, it makes sense that it, to me that the way I'm logicking it out is that if their biggest predator is not showing up in great numbers, well, there you go. It still can do really mean things, and I agree with you. Yes. Insecticons have not gone away by any stretch of the imagination, but I just don't feel as though they're as common as they once were, let alone as common a fear as I know I had. I'm always worried about, well, what am I going to do against Insecticons? And then I don't remember the last time I played an Insecticon matchup. I think the first event of Wave 2. I mean, I feel like Dinobots didn't have a great matchup against three wide primes at the end of wave one. And I don't feel like they had a great matchup against aerial bots in this, but again, the problem is the meta. Well, not a problem. The meta game is so heavily orange at this point that like it, it becomes, sh for lack of a better term, shades of orange. <laughs> and, and if, if Sentinels is squarely in the aggro control middle of the spectrum. And again, this is like an article I, I'm, I'm working on for a while. Like, with the metagame being like a spectrum, not rock, paper, scissors. So if you put Sentinel squarely in the middle of the aggro control, which means that they prey on control decks and get preyed on by more heavily aggressive decks. Mm -hmm. If 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 you imagine the right of the of the line is is aggro and the left is control. I don't know why. I just that's what I always picture it as. <laughs> okay. um, it's funny because um, I always so, picture it the other way, but anyway. yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. But so if you imagine that like Aerobot left and your insecticons are all the way to the right dinobots is to the right of sentinels a more aggressive deck um, yes, i mean for sure. they have some blues in them their characters have two um 
two, usually two starting defense, I think, on all of them. Um, I think Sludge and, only has one, but it's not a pertinent point. But not, point in, the mode he's, not in the mode he's usually in. He's usually right, in. right. Yeah, it, like I said, not a pertinent point for where you're going. See? I, I angered them. They're still here. But they don't necessarily always disruptive elements, and I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, there's so many innocuous disruptive elements at this point with like bashing shield being and 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 espionage showing up in so many lists and things like that. Absolutely, it's not even it's not even that hard to do that. Like, and still remain like primarily orange. But depending on how many of those types of effects the deck runs it it still might consider it, it's either aggro or control but either way it leans itself more to the aggro side which means it should have a decent matchup against sentinels and just continue to still lose to the aggro deck because it's it's to the left of it um on that spectrum but like the more you move to the right towards the aggro which it does it's going to have worse matchups against the control decks they just don't exist as much right now. Yeah, I so, I feel the as a whole that entire spectrum feels a little out of whack at this stage. Kind of, you know, you don't have the the two tall prime. I guess aerial bots fits the closest into that archetype slot. Oh, and they're it, clearly the most controlling deck that exists it, right now, currently. And you've said before that you feel that they demolish Insecticons, but I, I guess it's up in the air as to how they would do against Dinobots. I think. I mean, I have not personally I, played that matchup, so I'll I'll fully open openly admit my ignorance at this point. <laughs> I haven't either, but like the the more blues you have in your deck, I, I, the the less relevant that the that the Grimlock ability can be, simply because you just absorb more of the damage. Mm-hmm. And even if you, even if you somehow they manage to take out two characters, it's probably not relevant. So it, it usually comes down to like whether or not how many. It comes down to how many attacks Grimlock actually gets off that are of relevant because the other the other two cannot finish a character on their own. Whereas mm-hmm. in an orange matchup, they can right. because there's no there's hardly any defense. Where the, like the problem here is that like there is a there is a lot of defense, and then b. The trample ability doesn't isn't as relevant. I know it's be because hit points, but they're also absorbing more of the damage as well. Yeah, I yes, it's possible you're going to two for one with a Grimlock attack, but it feels like you're going to need to have the reckless charge into Dino Chomp into a gazillion oranges kind of thing. And that extra trample may just be like, oh, that one combiner part takes one. That it had left and kills it. Is that relevant? I guess. Like, I mean, other attacking decks are going to have that pro- like problems dealing with that if they don't have direct damage, right? But if they, you don't see a lot of Dinobot decks with direct damage, so like that is their direct damage. And if that's the way it's being used, it's not as efficient as just like you know pointing it at the target, guy or yeah, yeah exactly. or like or hovercrafting in a way or something like that. Like, it's not going to be as relevant, right? So. I would have to play the matchup out, but like, I, given the theory that it's to the right, it should have a worse matchup in theory. I think it's probably if we're operating under the assumption or the known quantity that Insecticons has a horrible matchup against Aerial Bots. 
I don't think Dinobots is going to be as bad, but I agree with you. It's probably going to, you're not going to feel good anytime you have to shuffle up against it. Um, yeah, no, any, anytime you're to the left of the aggro deck, you're going to have a better matchup. But if you, as long as you remain third between aggro control and aggro control, mm -hmm. um, your matchup is still not favored against whatever you're normally weak against. So yes, it's a better matchup for you. Like it's more winnable. Like it's not going to be like 80, 20 or 70, 30. It's going to be more like 60, 40, but I don't think I, theoretically, I don't think you're favored. I just don't have the data to back that up. Right. And it's something that I, again, I, because of the success that he's had with his deck and just for the sake of wanting to play Grimlock, because you know, Grimlock's kind of cool. So I want to try and play that deck again. Uh, I'm still, for me at least, it's tough to, I mean, I get the whole sludge heal thing, but why am I not playing double Grimlock? And I haven't quite, just from not having played the games, I'm not sure why play this over that at this stage. I don't, yeah, I don't have an answer there. It, oh, yeah, I, just pitching it for uh, random ideas. If you, <laughs> Oh, no, did I lose him? I scared him away, everybody. Or did, he might have hit the Wi-Fi barrier. That's the other. Potential. No, I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> it just hadn't clicked over yet. I turned oh, right. it off. It hadn't clicked over yet. Okay. So, uh, it, it, like I said, it's kind of random ideas as to... <laughs> What's the hypothesis on why you want to play Dinobots? Obviously, you get access to Sludge, but aside from that, why aren't you playing double Grimlock with Wheeljack Steamroll? And like I said, I'm I'm not sure at this stage. Other than you just want to play Dinobots, which I guess is as good a reason as any. <laughs> um, I think you I think you just have better you're better redundancy in your cards again like you're there is if that you play Dino, if, you, if you play dino chomp and you play these things but i i don't have an answer yeah um i just it's again a thing where if somebody knows their deck they know all the correct plays going in. you know they have a right yeah it's that's there's definitely something to be said for familiarity and if the if we assume that double grimlock would be better the question is, how much better is Double Grimlock? Like, is it... Oh, God. <laughs> is, uh, so what I was saying is, is Double Grimlock, like, head and shoulders above, or is it just, you know, slightly better, and then you can make up for it by familiarity with whatever you're playing? I mean, I, I don't even know where they differ in terms of where they would fall on the spectrum, for example. I have no clue. Right. So... I can tell you one thing, it, it can feel pretty good when you're like, oh, well, I'm playing two Grimlocks, I'll just load both of them up and deal like 14 in consecutive attacks because of whatever. I just know that the, the stats on the other characters were not insignificant, and mm -hmm. but in fairness, like like I think you said, like a Wheeljack has just as good of a stats as the Sludge, I assume, and, and, but, and I think all the characters have pretty much the same stat line across the board, other than right. Prowl has less attack than Snarl. Yeah, he has... Which may matter, so... I, I think that, that's really maybe not the main thing, but one of the major things, that Prowl may be just weaker than Snarl, and that, and while Wheeljack can get really, really big, he obviously relies on seeing that steamroll but at the same time, Sludge is in the same boat, so it's, I don't know, it's something I'm going to have to play more games with to 
decide on. I think I would lean towards Dinobots because di robot dinosaurs are fun. <laughs> Let's sure. face it. Um, <laughs> so aside from robot dinosaurs and a litany, a chorus of Sentinels, uh, we had our, our Bugs player that John was playing. Was there anything else that you saw before you, I guess we want to call out what you were playing, Scott, because that was actually really interesting? No, it was pretty standard. It was just shades of orange all day. Yeah. I think I think you were might have been the only person playing a blue deck, which is kind of weird, but yeah. It it's tough going playing blue right now. I'll I'll be honest. I don't think I don't think that's I don't think that's true. I just think mm. that I just think that like the and people were just misidentifying what the problems were and mm. I think we now know that it it relies more on the the mid-range problem than anything else and if that can't be solved then it's just then it can't be solved, but like that's more of your enemy now than, in my opinion, than on the aggro insecticon side. Or yes, side. yeah, that that I can agree with. Yeah. Uh, so, did you are you trying to keep the deck you were playing under wraps for a future article, or do you want to go through it now? No, oh, I don't care. We can talk about it. Okay, I don't have a deck list for it, so definitely <laughs> keep your eyes peeled on uh, vectorsigma.info for that. But uh, Scott, you were playing Blur, which is not something that. I mean, lots of people have tried it, but it hasn't exactly lit the world on fire. Yeah, um, uh, Latham from a guy from New Zealand had messaged me at one point um, when we were talking about the, the swap parts combo deck, and he asked if I had tried things with Blur, and I said no, and he gave me like an initial shell that he was working on, and I I changed it by a significant margin and had a conversation with him after the fact, um, and. Uh, you know, so the idea originally was from him. I want to give credit where credit's due, but like the the tuning of it um, was basically trying to basically get take a three character list and get four attacks out of it through blur. Right. Um, in, in testing the day before, it did extremely well against a lot of the things that I wound up losing to on the day. But um, yeah. Well, it's also small sample size. It it, yeah, it yeah. happens. Like <laughs> it's a card yeah. game. So it's not going to go one hundred percent the way you expect all the time. But the deck yeah. definitely can do some really scary things. Uh, it's not just simply getting four attacks. It's getting significant attacks. Like blur can can really mess your day up in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you start out with three attack, it doesn't seem like it's very effective. But I think this is this is the point of how the the metagame is right now with so many orange decks and I think what's specifically powerful about this though is that um, the flip density of the deck allows you to always be flipping six cost prowl at the same time you're attacking with blur so he's always going to have at, like an absolute minimum like worst case scenario three attack bolt two um, which should be like seven damage at minimum but like your goal is to always have a a permanent weapon on him that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a plus three um and a uh and some kind of combat action all of which carry through for the turn they specifically are worded where it's like you supercharge as you get both three till end of turn uh Reckless charges you get plus four attack until end of turn which all matter when you're getting a guy that has is able to attack twice in a turn right yeah, it's a, it was a really cool concept, and uh, I'm sure you're still going to be tweaking it, but uh, after playing it this weekend, 
is that the last we're going to see of you running blur? Or are you immediately jumping onto new ideas? Are you going to circle back to this one? Um, it's just not my style of deck, so I wanted to try it. Um, mm. it requires you to sculpt a hand that like has everything. Like you, you, it gives you. There's no leeway. There's no like the only thing you can possibly do on you're you're setting up for turn two. So like when Blur attacks, usually against the three right. character deck. You have a little bit more time against a four character deck, um, or if you're going first, you have an extra turn as well. Um, right. But you're basically, if you don't have the action and the permanent plus three weapon on the turn where he attacks, you're just not doing enough. Right, and that that's kind of what you were explaining earlier when you were going against Dinobots. But there, I guess, because of the way the numbers work out, it, it's awkward anyway. Right. So like. You generally, like, on turn one, like, your safest play is just to treasure hunt to set up this turn, but if your first prowl attack just didn't do enough to where the, the boar attack actually does kill two characters, then you're in a world of hurt. So, right, that's right. part of the issue. One of the so, things... I mean, oh, God. No, that's about it. I mean, like, you, you because you're a mostly orange... I mean, because I think you're only orange, whites, and bla- blanks, you don't actually gain a lot of, like, direct damage abilities or direct damage upgrades and so like if you leave a guy on one health that guy's gonna live at one health and yeah. that's a problem so. right right yeah one of the yeah. things you had mentioned it earlier that i thought was really cool about the deck and kind of after i had played a few games against it 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 caused me to go back through the app and basically start looking at characters and it's an idea the whole flip density thing it's something that i'm always thinking about but it it pushed me it uh inspired me to to go back through and look for other characters where it's okay i'm fine if this guy literally never flips there aren't a whole lot of those (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) yeah i pointed him out in an article like a few weeks ago so you can check that out yeah it's like that's really where a lot of this came from so exactly yeah it's i just wanted to reiterate it because it was one of those things that yes i get the concept yes i get you know from the article, as you mentioned a few weeks ago, but it's, I don't know, for me, it was, it was still felt eye-opening to some extent, just seeing it in action too, even though I, I'd been looking for those sort of things anyway. Um, so overall, I thought the deck was really cool and it sounded like you at least enjoyed playing it, even if it didn't quite carry you throughout the entire day. I mean, matches I won were literally over in six minutes. Yeah, you were walking around a lot, (laughs) (laughs) let me say Although I have to say, you were bad luck because every time you showed up and started watching my games, I started losing. <laughs> I lost to you, in fairness. So. Uh, yes. So I, but you were actively participating. You weren't just spectating that one. Yeah, and I was on camera a couple times with our. So check out our YouTube. You'll see the the deck in action. Like, so I can list it from there. But I mean, you'll see it when it's posted. So there's right. plenty of coverage of it. Awesome. If you're really interested in it. So. Uh, any other comments on the event before we get into the the laundry list of uh, new stuff? No, I mean it was a good event. Um, I think that play skill continues to show that play skill and practice continue to show that they're they're necessary to do well. Um, yep, you can't just pick up a list and just run it. Um, but I mean, the one thing I said was like I feel like I've been playing this meta game for a while because I think this was like the fourth or fifth event that we've had with it. And yet, there's still two months to go, so there's still things to be discovered, for sure. 
Absolutely. There's still a number of characters on my, I was going to say wish list, but that's not the right term. It, we'll just say list of things to try. Uh, I need something more concise than that, but I'll work on that later. I'm tired. I can't, my vocabulary is, is shrinking in, in correlation to the number of hours of sleep that I'm getting. And right now that's like negative. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, moving on from the event, and again, like Scott had called out at the beginning, just one quick reminder, if you have, we'll call them larger scale events like this, feel free to reach out because it's always important to get this sort of information out and that sort of data. So going from there, we have, we're back, as always, seeming like forever <laughs> in spoiler season. <laughs> um. And we have a, a number of spoilers from Siege, and there, there's, at the very least, some interesting concepts, and we, since we missed last week due to the interview, at least our recording for this, we didn't talk about the new pip color, which we'll get to. I didn't section that out, because we were going to cover it anyway, no matter what. So uh, it, the first one up that we had on our list was... Major Prowl. Now, this was revealed by Arun. I hope I'm saying the name right. I'm not familiar with who that is, but he brought us Major Prowl. So, uh, Scott, let me kick it over to you first. Are you excited about this now, like, 35th iteration of Prowl? <laughs> no, I think it's cool that he's a major. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, he's a ranged car, if that matters to you. Um, I... I, don't I mean, know. His, his ability, his ability in bot mode, obviously deals two damage to somebody usually outside of combat. The problem is, is that, it, but it uh, it is, but it's it has to be that guy. It can't be like, oh, the other guy has a weapon, tag him. Right, and and, and it, the weapon can't be grenade launcher or power punch. So like, right. you're already losing significant weapons that are that see play in mm. in decks. So, um, that's also a problem. Um. I mean, and, it makes sense against I, blue things, because I think that's what he's supposed to be, is, oh, well, they're running Energon Axes, they're running X-Blaster, like Scoundrel or Nobles. This lets you punch through the armor without having to go all in on one guy, but he's still 10 stars, so it's such a huge chunk on your team that... I just think I just think compared to other 10-star options, he's not as good. Yeah, I... Even other 10-star cars. Yes, I'm not super excited to... To slam him down alongside anything right now, to be perfectly He's honest. He's a common, so I assume it's mostly for limited. Yeah, um, I mean, it is what it is. Yep. So, the art school. So. Well, that, so as we move on to our next one, I will. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the, the like very busy art. So I know I was talking uh, yeah. to, I think it was, was Mark. I don't remember. I was talking to somebody and. They said, oh, well, you just like G1 stuff. And yes, that's true. I do like G1. I'm not opposed to, I guess, recreations or reimaginings of characters looking drastically different. It's just the artwork feels like there's just like a lot of dust in every picture. <laughs> I think Drew described it as like graffiti art or something like that. I think is the way it was described. Yeah, so. that sounds. Yeah. It, and I'm not knocking it. So if you like the art, more power to you. It's just not. Me, personally, I'm not super excited on a lot of them. Some of them, it's still pretty cool. But anyway, that's just an aside. So uh, our next one up actually came from P.A.W., and that was Sergeant Cog, who's our first weaponizer, which the difference here is compared to all of the Micromasters. This is going to be a full-size character. 
Which uh, is awkward. What was that? Which is awkward. <laughs> well, it's going to be real awkward, and I think everybody has had this thought when inevitably it has to go on like a combiner part or a micromaster or something else, and you have this giant card sitting underneath the little guy. Which should be technically sitting like, yeah, under, like, to the side. Not literally underneath it, like, but like under, like, south of it, not underneath it. But I think people will just put it underneath it because it will, one card will fit inside the other. That's the point. Yeah, exactly. It, it is going to be a little visually silly, but it's not yeah. a crisis. Uh, but as for the actual card itself, do you like the text on this thing? I like the plus four. Um, I know Drew told us not to use stars as like a resource cost, but 10 is still a lot of your deck. So, um, yeah. I just feel like the ability is, is irrelevant. Um, by the time, again, unless there's, I think we mentioned this before, unless there's multiple sacrifice, tyrannies. Sa- sacrifice, yeah, sacrifice outlets or piece yeah. of tyranny type effects. Um, you'd have to do that like right away. You're just like, okay, I'm just immediately giving out my 10 stars to get a plus four weapon and some other upgrades on my other dudes by drawing cards, like to set up my other guys to like do stuff and mm-hmm. like, but you're losing like in that situation, like I'd want to run like three, five drops with him. And like, that just seems weird. So I was about I to say that. Yeah. It's it, so best case scenario is you piece this guy, draw three cards give someone a permanent grenade launcher, which is only going to be semi-permanent because it's going on a five-star guy. I I don't know. I'm not super enthused by that proposition. Like, what I like about the weaponizers is that you get a secondary use out of them after they're KO'd. Mm -hmm. This one just feels really underpowered for what you're getting out of the deal. Right. But I have been wrong before, so I'm willing to be wrong. Oh, yeah, and it's... Again, it's we've only seen you know whatever number of cards of the set, and we haven't played with this mechanic, so I'm I'm perfectly open to giving him a try. Just right now, he's not exciting me nearly as much as the other ones. Right. Uh, I will say, if you follow the toy line, I certainly hope we get Brunt because that guy's funny to me. I don't I don't know why, but Brunt is really funny to me. So uh, <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, any other the, fact that he's a su- the fact that he's a super rare implies to me there will be a Decepticon version, so I would right. assume it would be front. It would be front so. Yeah, that's what I'm expecting as well, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, any other opinions on COG? Nope. All right, we'll move on to... Whoop, I forgot I set up the overlay differently this time, so I'm hitting buttons that do nothing. Uh, we're moving on to Fuel Cash, which came from our the friends over at WTF at TFW. So... Uh, well, we got our first triple pip. Yep. Are you really excited? You sound thrilled by this, Scott. <laughs> don't 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 let me hold you back if you're that excited. It costs a star. Um, <laughs> it. I don't think it's as difficult to to draw three cards off this as it seems. Like I think all you really need is. Um, you need just some way to set up the top of your deck, like through plan effects or something like that, which would require you probably to play more than one action in a turn. But as long as you can do that, um, like you're not playing this for the payoff of drawing three cards. It's just kind of, it, it just helps. You're playing it because it has all three pips. 
Yeah, that means yeah. Which means anytime you get it during combat, you're definitely flipping four, and one of them is relevant already. Right. So, like, I mean, I, I just don't see how, like, if you have extra stars for your deck, this is the one you're going to reach for. Yes. Obviously, um, and we said this offline, Slipstream is really happy. Um, yeah, whether that matters or not, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I really, I legitimately thought Slipstream wasn't necessarily going to be like, oh, this is the tier one deck after wave two, but we're getting new color pips in wave two. Slipstream, Slipstream has to get boosted, right? Yeah, but it didn't matter. <laughs> so maybe this will do certainly- like she she benefits from this, Grapple benefits from this. Yeah. You know, Windblade benefits from this. The problem with all those cards is that I mean, outside of Slipstream, the other two is that they're just too expensive to ever be able to afford star this, cards. They yeah, yeah. Are just there for the pips. So mm-hmm. I yeah, I'm not super thrilled by this one. Um maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like it's still gonna even with plan effects, because I think you're gonna need multiple plan effects to be able to guarantee this with regularity and so for example if you were playing slipstream and you planned and dropped a white pip on top you're increasing your chances because you're going to flip more cards to try and see those other pips but if you drop a white pip on top for this and play it even assuming you know you did whatever to acquire multiple actions you're still only seeing three cards so you could still just go white pip orange orange but you could just put, if you play multiple copies of this, you could just put one of these on top also. I agree, but that necessitates running multiple copies of this, and that sound, at least right now, feels like that's a big ask. I mean, I feel like if you're playing it as a pep talk to draw two other cards and then getting one the one back, I think it's fine. So, But I just don't know that there's a deck that can afford that, but I, mm. on the other hand, I have seen a lot of low-cost characters that might have an effect on the game, so that might be possible. That's yeah. the only way I can see it working, so... I'm not ruling this one out. It just feels like there's going to be a lot of work for it, and I don't know if the payoff is there initially. But again, I'm I'm I want to make Slipstream work, so I'm open to it. <laughs> I think it combos well with another card that we'll talk about. So yeah, for that the, for that for that situation. Yes, trying to like put copies of it on top. Right, right. Uh, so anything else for Fuel Cash? Nope. All right, cool. So we're gonna move on to. Raider Needlenose, who is a character I actually liked from the comics, uh, so it's cool to see him showing up here. This is our... They branched out, so we have a lot more regrowth effects for a variety of different things now. Uh, And Needlenose, in this case, does it for star cards, which is kind of cool. Funny that we were just talking about star cards. So, are you as excited as you were initially about this guy? Yeah, because he's cheap. Yes. Um, this is the combo that I'm talking about. Like, you can just play two copies of Fuel Cash and then get one back to put the other one back on top if you have a way to, for right. example. Um, uh, Fuel Cash is also important if you play multiple MicroMasters because some of them may need different colored pips to activate their abilities, for example. That's um, reasonable. Which this, yeah. This would also help. Um, I. What are his stats? Like, he's so I know 3 11 1 in both modes, and that's honestly what concerns me. Yes, he's only 8 stars, but obviously he's minimum 9, because why are you playing him if you're not playing at least one star card? And that is... 
So let's compare him to, say, Skywarp, who I feel it just doesn't have enough on the stat line because of the the other dancing you have to do to include things in his deck. Like, he, he costs 10. This is, again, only 9 with that one star card. That feels like it's a lot of weight to carry when you're only potentially pushing an attack of 3 and, like, barely anything on the back end for the cost. Yeah. Um... And again, I'm not... I don't want to poo-poo this guy and say, no, he, he's definitely unplayable because this we get very few effects to return cards. So it, it's notable immediately. It interacts with star cards, which naturally have a higher power level due to their cost. I don't know. I, I really want to play with this guy and try him out. I just... My initial thought is it, it may be a little too much. I mean, it does combo with... Skywarp because you can play like Bolt of Lightning and get yes. have both of them be able to get it back and both part of the reason I brought him up. Yep, <laughs> right. Um, I mean, the doing a damage through a star card when you play one is not insignificant. Um, right. A- anytime you can do a damage, and it's directable too, so it's not like the Shockwave one or something. Right. Um, I think the issue is just like you need a lot of flip density in those kinds of decks to make things work. Yeah, which means which means you generally have to be playing like flip cards. Like I would assume, escape route is the easiest one you can play because it's mm-hmm. has a green. But like escape routes and rollouts and things like that, like are generally necessary for decks like that. And you like those two characters together are not both going to want to be transforming at the same time. So rollout isn't as good. Um, mm-hmm. I generally can't stand using my action for the turn to do that. I was about to um, say that it doesn't. I think we all, at some point, had said, oh, it's really cool to be able to play Rollout or, or way back when Rapid Conversion to, you know, transform a dude, do a thing. And since then, it's like, I just don't want to do that. There's so many better things I could be doing. Yeah, but I mean, if you can find him partners that either have better flip density or so that he can actually do his entire thing you can use two turns to do it. I think it makes up for a lot of the issue I have with star cards, which is um, that if you flip them during combat, they simply have less of an, they have no effect. So you're, you're unless you have them in your deck for the stuff, for the, the pips, for the pips, they have no use to you. Like you just absolutely just lose. Them. Yeah. I've said um, it before as well, that if you're at 24 stars and you put in a single leap, you feel horrible when you flip it in combat. It's like right. You're just wasting your your build cost, as Drew was describing it. Or your build resource. Right. I forget exactly what he had said. <laughs> yeah, build cost. Right. Okay, I did say it right. I, was, I said it, and then I'm like, wait a minute, that didn't sound right after I said it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, th- he definitely makes up for that, which is what I like. Yes. Um, the problem is, I don't know if he makes it up much better than... I mean, it's the same thing that, like, Optimus could do or the same thing that, like, Skywarp could do if you play the right cards. So, like, that could also be... His effect is not as unique as I would like, given right. better options. But I do think that, like, it... I do think he's powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on whether or not, like, you can find partners for him to allow him to have that flip density. It's interesting that I he, think, he calls out specifically it has to be one-star cards. Now, we've obviously seen the Magnus armor being multi-star, and clearly we're going to get other ones down the road, maybe even in the set, but I, 
it feels weird that he's restricted that much. I guess they're just playing it safe. No, I think that's why. I think that if I think if like the Magnus armor could come back very easily by just flipping a character, it would be too mm. powerful. It, it's probably true. Yeah, but I cut you off there. What was the the other point you were going to make? Uh, nothing really. That was fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I do really want to try Needle Nose. I just don't know how exactly that's going to shape up. Um, it may fall into that Johnny category of. It does a really cool thing, but it's not quite there. 13-1 is pretty dangerous. That's like pretty much two attacks across the board nowadays. It wouldn't be one, but it would definitely be two attacks. So you can't really expose this guy to being hit. Uh-huh. And so that means you need to tackle them last in a three-character deck, for example, and that just can be difficult. So Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going with the Skywarp comparison, where if this is the he is the centerpiece of your build... It's probably a lot of stars invested for something that doesn't entirely, but mostly gives up your combat step on the turn that he gets in there. Right. So it's just, it's going to be a, a, a tough ask, but I'm excited to try him out at the very least. So the next one up is something that you were significantly more excited about, at least before. We'll see if you're still hyped about it, and that's Alpha Trion. Yeah, it hasn't changed. It's still super hyped on this guy? Yeah, of course. Okay, so we're we're talking about... It, it's funny calling him, like, Baby Optimus. Because, you know, given the way the lore works out. But he's kind of Optimus. So, <laughs> other than the obvious that he is another way to play Optimus for slightly less stars, is that exactly how you picture him being used? Are you anticipating that you're going to lean blue and ignore the blue side? Or that... Lean blue, so you get the free actions, ignore the recursion side? Are you trying to work it at both, or how are you tackling this initiative, Scott? I mean, initially, you just basically have to have a smattering of orange actions, like your treasure hunts, confidences of the world that you would want to play in that deck anyway. Uh-huh. In, lo- in lower quantities, like, you may run a ramming speed instead of running a vaporize, for example. Um, stuff like that. So, I'm fine with that. Um, the main issues that are different besides the star cost, which is significantly to its benefit is not being able to get back any action and only being able to get back certain ones certainly lowers its power level. Um, because you just can't get as many, your, 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 your scrap pile does not become as much of a toolbox as it does for Optimus. Yeah, whereas you could just spend every turn flipping Optimus back and forth. You're right, you're going to be not handicapped, but it's definitely going to be more of a challenge to get as much value out of this guy. Um, yeah, like I, I see him just basically getting back a lot of treasure hunts, confidences, press the advantages, like your tip, as it stands right now, like your typical, like, I'm just going to play these as one of type cards. Right. But they're not the ones that are necessarily going to make a difference. They're not your direct damage. They're not your... Well, they are. I think so. confidence to that point. I think confidence could fulfill that role because at least it's it's not the direct damage, but you can go get the direct damage. Yeah, and that's how I see it. Um, right. They also mentioned in the interview that like spaceships will be getting a card, so yes. hopefully that's good enough to see play. Right. So let me ask you the obvious one. Do you think that we had talked last time when we were talking about Ultra Magnus about? 
hypothetically pairing him with actual Optimus. This one, by virtue of the way the star costs work out, you can play Ultra Magnus plus Magnus Armor and Alpha Trion. Do you feel that there's merit to that route? Uh, sure. Why not? I mean, you could also play Optimus and him and have a star left over if you want. Yeah, and then just go nuts on all the free actions. <laughs> yeah, if you're into if you're into two character decks, I mean, it's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the way I would play because I'm just not a fan of two character decks, but I can't deny their power level at right. times. So, um, yeah, both either one of those options is fine. My main concern, well, maybe not the main concern, and it, I always couch these things with that. But one of my concerns is that, so compared to Optimus, where the old Optimus stuff, as you had outlined way back when, when we were talking about the touch builds for packs or after packs, that getting to 10, getting to 11 is important to make sure that you can one-shot certain characters on turn zero, turn ones. Alpha Trion can't do that. Like, he's getting to nine with leaps. Uh, he's only getting to eight with bigger they are or heavy-handed or something like that. Do you feel that that is enough to put you off of him? No, it's just a, it's just a, he's just a fixed version of what that could be considered unfair about, in my opinion. Right, but is the thick? I guess where I'm going with it is the fixed version nerfed enough that it it puts you off in any capacity. It sounds like no, but I'm <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can get you to say something like that. <laughs> no, you just you just you just can't just put him out there to die as easily and be attacked like you can with Optimus because right. like you're not necessarily going to take somebody down with him. Right. Um, just to play it more carefully, you're just going to get one larger attack in the late game and more utility out of him. Yes. So I don't know that he he even needs to be the centerpiece of the deck. He probably fits more with like instead of being one big and two medium one big one like big little and one little character. It's probably two medium if you count it as a high medium and then one small character. It's the way I envision it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting if we get the characters to fill out some of the other thinner star cost slots, say, you know, seven to nines, where it's, we seem to have a, a variety of 10 costs or five costs or even higher than 10 costs, but filling in some of those gaps can sometimes be a challenge where it's, okay, well, I could run Barrage, but I'm, I'm not thrilled to stuff Barrage in a particular deck, depending on what the battle deck makeup is. We've already seen some of the, the various masters and weaponizers and things that fit into those slots, so I'm sure we're going to get more to to beef those particular things up, and that's where Alpha Trion may be able to lean into some of the things that you're describing. Yeah, that's the way I would see So... Yeah, hopefully that spaceship card, that spaceship tribal card is going to be interesting. I'm very curious as to what that is because the the cards that are spaceships are all over the place. Like the overlap between Alpha Trion, Shockwave, and Cosmos is like <laughs> three independent circles right now. There's no yeah. Venn diagram there other than Correct. spaceship. Yeah. So it it's going to be very curious. There's not a very clear theme here for what they want spaceships to be, and I'm very curious, but. Uh, any other thoughts on uh, Mini Optimus before we go to the next one? No, I assume the only thing I don't know, which I assume the answer is yes, is like, can he play a secret mission if it's blue off his ability? I assume the answer is but I'm not, but I'm not positive. Yeah. Any regular Optimus, I think the answer is still yes. So. Yeah. I'm going to, 
I don't see why there, it wouldn't be, but again, there's always that off chance. I mean, your opponent would know what it is, obviously, but like, you know, that would be the only caveat, I guess. Well, yeah, but like the one we saw is when they attack, well, you don't really have a whole right. lot of options. So. Right. Of course. <laughs> That's my point. So. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see how that shapes up. Moving from Alpha Trion, we have Raider Nightstick. Uh, also another WTF and TFW preview. So this guy features the new Black Pips as part of his weapon mode or battle master mode, I guess, ability. In addition to that, he's also happens to be, well, a uh, an ion blaster for anybody, I guess. <laughs> and also a very fragile character which leans into his ability to then turn into a weapon so is this guy high on your list so far of these i mean a lot of decks i make seem to have six stars left over and there aren't a lot of really good six drops so i don't see there's any reason why he shouldn't see play Mm -hmm. um i think he's also a specialist which is not insignificant sorry to interrupt you so i think it just depends on like if you have six stars remaining in your deck like i like this with with the new shockwave and a five drop for example Mm. um I, I think as a 2-1 weapon, I think he's fine. The black pip thing is literally insignificant to me. Like, that doesn't mean anything. That's just not yeah. going to happen. Your, your deck isn't built correctly if it does happen, so... It's, yeah, unless we see some really... and I guess that's a spoiler for when we... We might as well get into it for black pips, since it, it happens to be on this card. It sounds like you're not enthused by them, Scott. I mean, unless there's double black pips, I don't see any way that, like, you're going to rely on this ability to, to go off... Um, or, I mean, obviously it would be an icing on the cake if it does, but I feel like you're really hurting yourself in combat if that's the case. So, Yeah, it just seems to be a, a weird confluence of circumstances that the black pips are going to matter. Uh, I, I don't know, it, it just doesn't... I think we all expected that there was going to be a pierce one at some stage. It's just, okay, there's a there's a pierce pip. Great. <laughs> Yeah, I just think for this card, it's not relevant. Yeah, it's... I don't... The only other character that cares about it is is old Shockwave right now. Um, and sure, I guess. It makes him a... It makes him a 6-4 in the, the discard mode. So I... I guess? I don't know. I think the guys... I mean, go ahead. It's fine. It's fine. I just like... As a 2-1 weapon, I think it's fine. I think it's good. Yes. So the only other thing to call out was uh, the character in the art. Is it Starscream Rain? No, this one doesn't have Starscream. So this guy's a uh, oh. an unknown right now. My oh, guess okay. is on... Uh, it was the only blue Decepticon I could think of at the time when we were first talking about this. My guess is on Trigger Happy. We'll see. Sure. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll just go with that. Um... So, uh, moving on from Nightstick, sorry, I'm laughing at chat. Uh, we're going to circle back at the end to, to chat to everything that's going on in there. Um, next one up actually came from Wreck and Rule, and that's Combat Dagger. So, it's a weapon, it gives bold one, and it's double pips. So, it's orange, black pip. Fantastic. Yeah, this is like worse than Handheld Blaster, so, uh, I mean... I mean, it has the, it, the pip is correct by having bold with a orange pip and i understand that like you couldn't make it just a flamethrower with a black pip right um i just don't 
understand how this will see any play. Like to me, I think they're just limited because of exactly what you just said. There's, you just can't do some of the things that it would need in order to see play. So if we're going to talk about black pips in general, like I have not run the math on them, but like, Mm. I don't think the math is in their favor. I think the article that Scott Van Essen wrote about it is extremely generous, interesting to interesting to read. Like Mm. basically he says that the numbers on the cards, like they would basically prefer like, like, plus two is underpowered, but plus three is overpowered. So really the number is somewhere like plus 2.3 or something like that. And that's kind of where the Pierce comes into play with guaranteed damage. Gotcha. But to me, you would only want to play black pips if the card itself is good enough to warrant seeing play. Like I would not play it for the pip itself unless there's a reason that car other cards needed to key off of it or the card yeah. itself was good enough to see play similar to all the the shockwave examples that i had thrown out previously or metroplex when we were reviewing or not reviewing previewing wave two it's now everything could be a slipstream card because it has multi-pips but uh, yeah it's not that's not a compelling argument yeah i mean everything could be a win plate card too but I'm not well yes that too <laughs> you aren't relevant on conversations so. yeah they that well, <laughs> so i i'm putting that out there only so i don't have to say it every time <laughs> sure um but the main thing with this is like pierce is more powerful with blue because the characters will generally do less damage i yes. don't like pierce in orange decks correct um so like this card is worse for that reason for me. Yep. Um, and I also think the the only way that Black can see any significant play is with characters that already have Pierce built into them so that you're helping the numbers that already exist get better. Mm-hmm. And again, the cards themselves are, are solid to begin with. And like, I don't think I'm going to use my upgrade slot to play a bold one weapon. Like, that's like playing a handheld blaster. So like, yeah, I'm okay. ignoring the pips on the card and just whatever so like Mm -hmm. this is not good enough for me i think that the scenario where yeah they already have a nate pierce or um they're a character that there's an edge case thing that they want pierce so what comes to mind is the the thermal weaponry wheeljack thing that obviously doesn't work out with this particular card but in general if there's some if there is that set of characters and battle cards that want that thing, maybe that's a home for them. But yeah, I, I mean, I can make a chart, but I guarantee you that which I plan to do, but I guarantee you it's going to lean on the side of orange being better than black. Oh, I'm, but, I'm sure. No doubt. Yeah. I, I, I no, no matter what your starting power is, no matter what your ability is, what, like you just rather get plus one attack because if you're playing as an orange deck, it's going to be the same exact thing except for the orange is just going to have more overall use. So like, I I just don't, the cards I've seen so far just are not, well, we when we get to that, we can talk about them, but like they, the cards, like I said, the cards themselves need to be better than their colored component, like colored options to, to to even, unless they're a multi-pip card that like, then you're comparing basically like, which I guess we'll get to. Like like, yeah. like I said, like Flamethrower or something like that. Like <clears throat> it's right. not a favorable comparison. Like I'd rather just play Flamethrower or keeping the option because the black means nothing to me. Yeah, as compared to so. green where we were very excited because of the possibilities, the the new Pierce pips just don't 
thrill me. I, I'm yeah. just not elated every time I see them so far. So, uh, I mean, maybe that'll change, like you said, if, yeah. if it's multiple things. And obviously, it'll be contingent on the cards we see. But at this stage, uh, my socks are still on. They have not, in fact, been blown off. There you go. Um, so moving on from Combat Dagger, we have Rock Toss, which is actually just hilarious to me right now. <laughs> I, I just don't know why. Um, it's Ironhide flinging a hunk of concrete. Um, <laughs> so it's burned, so that means you have to like it. It's the law. It's burned on guys that already did their actions, so I don't like it. That's the point. But it's still burned. You have to like it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it compare favorably to Zap. That's a- yes, I, I agree. It's just, it's another Zap. I feel like I would pretty much... I don't know. I I haven't been including Zap a lot lately, and I'm not sure that adding a random Pierce one every once in a blue moon is going to make me want to play Zap. I agree. Uh, Again, that, this card, like it's about the text on the cards that have the black ability. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just that's kind of the it. That's that's kind of the it. That's kind of it. I can't talk. I'm <laughs> so we're gonna move on because I don't think there's much else to, to add on that one. Uh, so here's one with more text, at least, and that's Erratic Energy Grenade. It's only a black pip. Uh, how, this one's at, at least interesting, I think, um, to the extent of I'm not just looking at it and going, but why? Uh, I may have to think about, but why, for a moment. So are, does this one excite you at all, Scott? It's like one shall stand, one shall photon bomb, I guess is like what <laughs> that, it is. It's um, a pretty apt comparison. <laughs> the problem is, is that it, like, it takes up your upgrade slot for the turn mm-hmm. um, to, to, to do nothing. Um, and then when your character dies, you get the photon bomb their team. And I just don't see like... Like, it's another... It's a way for... Battle masters to come online at the on your turn because the damage happens. That yeah, that's the turn. obvious interaction there. Yeah, so I mean, if if we need an effect like that, it may see play. Um, it's a blank as far as I'm concerned. Again, like this is where like the Pierce one only means something fifty percent of the time, and like it probably if won't that, be much even that fifty percent. Yeah, well, because that's the thing is Pierce one even against a blue deck if you're doing two. Like, who cares? <laughs> I, I think this card's fine because I think I think it, it does mm. something unique. I just think that relatively unique. Um, Do you care about I, it enabling Energon Axe? Do you really want to sink that many plays into getting an Energon Axe onto your turn two guy or turn three guy? No, I want my Energon Axe guys to live. I don't want... No, right. that's not where I would... It, it, this is only for um, Battlemasters, in my opinion. Right. It, it's just... That was the only card I could think of that cares about, like, obviously you could one shell stand your guy as many people have done and enable your own axe, but I can't think of anything else right now that you want to do the self-damage outside of the new bots. Maybe yeah. slipstream stuff. There you go. No. <laughs> I'm I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. It's literally anything that I can think of. No, because then it'll never, then it'll never go off. Like that doesn't. That's 
No, that's a no, combo. I, I didn't say it was good. <laughs> I just said it's something that self damages, so that that way you you I don't know, whatever. Uh, yeah, it, like I said, it's at least interesting. I don't know. I, I'm not sold on the idea of it being a blank, so you can photon bomb. Like, I don't know. I just noticed that doing three to one character is better than doing two to multiple characters. It just seems to be that way. In general, yeah. Uh, unless your so, area is rife with Constructicons or something. Yeah. So, so we'll see. I, I, it has an outside. I think it... I think... It has a unique enough being, effect that it has to... You gotta keep it in your mind as we're going through other stuff. Yeah, I think it could see play. Yeah. So... Moving from energy grenade, or erratic energy grenade, uh, as opposed to, I guess, a stable one, uh, we have Private Mudslinger, who is introducing yet another bizarre tribe. This is the Off-Road Patrol. Uh, Wait, real quick, you you missed the other weapon. It's in the article. Yeah, I know, it's still on the list. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just I didn't group them together. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I didn't I didn't group them together. Yes. That you're talking okay. about the disruptor blade? Yes. Yes, that is on the list. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Uh it was just kind of I, when I was downloading everything, getting everything prepped, it just turned out to be in that order. Sure. Um but this guy uh is well, he's giving us another tap ability. This one is fling. By discarding black pip cards. So this is a reason to play black pip cards, in my opinion, because as long as you can, mm. I think this is one of the. So, I think, and yeah, this is some. This is something I stated in an article. Um, I think the micromasters come into play in three different ways. Um, you either want to use their tap abilities right away on on whether it's going. Preferably you going first because you actually gain an ability. Uh-huh. Um, some of them will fall likely fall into that category. Some of them will fall into the I can use the ability whenever I want because it doesn't have. It's not a tempo based ability, so like you know, swap part into swap parts one like whatever. When I have this, when I need to, I have it. That's like how that works. Right, right. Um, or ones like this, you basically like. You want to wait until as long as possible to use them so that you can use them twice in a row, which is, or as close to twice in a row as possible. Um, you want to use them like on your, because they only cost five stars, likely you're ha- you're going to have a wider team than your opponent or at least as wide. Yeah. So like if you can use them as your last action on in a round and then immediately use them again on your next action, like you're going to get double duty out of them. And that's where I can see this guy seeing play. Like if you could do it back to back turns where the damage really starts to add up and the healing starts to add up. Mm-hmm. They can see where this guy would see play right now though the black pips just don't impress me so like it's going to be like a chicken egg argument with this guy right i see where you're saying it i just don't know if this guy does enough even unless we get a lot of really strong black pip cards that say okay i'm not putting myself in a hole by having one that doesn't it clearly affects combat but as you were outlining earlier you there are better ways to impact combat with when we're talking strictly the, the pips themselves. The fling effect by moving the damage, I expect this guy is just going to... Like, you're not going to get that second activation. Or maybe you will, but... 
I don't know. He, I mean, he, if they attack him, who cares? He's, he's not real relevant combat-wise, so like I'm fine with it. it well, the it. other scenario is, okay, they let him live, but they've been piling damage on a specific character, so now the character that's damaged is dead. It's possible. Uh, um, I, I want to like these abilities, like the, this... Not the tap abilities. is I think that's pretty cool in general. I, this specific one where it's moving damage or that sort of thing, it's... I don't know. It, discarding card to to make something a bombing run, like the worst possible bombing run, <laughs> doesn't feel like I want to invest five stars in it. It, it. it comes down to multiple uses. I just think that they yeah. can get multiple uses. That's what matters. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, and I'm. It, it's going to be something I'm going to have to try to go back to like what you mentioned the last time when we were going over cards, and also going all the way back to Wave Two. That this is something brand new. We're going to have to play around with it to evaluate it. I definitely have to think about this guy more. My initial reaction, like I said, is okay. I get the worst possible bombing run, but I can see where, like you said, if you get multiple activations, that maybe it's fine. The key to remember for all these is that it does not take up your upgrade or action for the turn. Yep. So you can pile it with other things. So. Yeah, so it it's not, I guess, not quite to the Sentinel's level of I get all the extra things all the time because you start with all, you know, the extra cards in your hand, so to speak, with right. the, the extra flips. But it is akin to that because, like you said, you get, you're not tying up your other resources. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's Private Mudslinger. Um, his alt mode feels like it's a wind-up car. I don't know why. <laughs> sure. I don't know. That was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> uh, I, like I said, I'm tired and I'm thinking of weird stuff today. So, uh, any other thoughts on him? No, we just have to see more black orders to make a decision. Absolutely. So... Moving on from Mudslinger to Ratchet, who is actually a recent one. Don't worry, we're going to get there to the to the sword eventually. Um, <laughs> so this is now... I was expecting when we saw uh, Trailbreaker, who we're going to get to later, that we were going to see, you know, like a white pip version, a blue pip version, a orange pip version. Obviously, Magnus has his own thing. So I guess you could call it the star card one and i guess ratchet is the null pip one i mean there's gonna be another set so it's still possible right we're, we're gonna see more of them i'm just assuming this is a cycle as opposed to you know just there's multiple of a random pip that's targeting it maybe there's gonna be a black pip one kind of thing or a green pip one for that matter um I think I've already seen a lot of people cover most of the things that I would say online about this guy. I like the, I guess the positive thing is I do like that there's something that says, yes, try out healing. Healing is a thing. Um, but I can't imagine I'm ever going to transform this guy. He's a truck. He's a specialist. He has 14 health for eight stars, which is kind of cool, but it's zero defense. It's rough. Um, I'm not super excited to play Medic, <laughs> even if you start out with it. Uh, did I miss anything? <laughs> nope, not a fan of this card. Okay. You know what it, so in all seriousness, ignoring the the pregame tutor part, do you see any value in just a 14 health 8-star dude in like some kind of blue deck? 
You thought four fourteen two? Yeah. Or no, four fourteen zero. Oh, in both modes? Uh three fourteen zero in, in bot mode. So he's a truck specialist, like that's why clearly you're not playing him in an orange deck, I don't think. Yeah, no, not a fan. Yeah, it it like I said, the fact that he has that much health for that few stars, I think is notable, but I don't know if that's notable enough other than to just say, Yep, he has it. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh one thing that I'm sure you were I think you called it out also as well on Facebook that these guys at the very least uh give you an extra card to pitch towards greens by having them. Yeah, but you don't in this situation it's putting a blank back in your deck and a terrible card back in your deck, so which is what you don't want to do. So. Yes, it's more That's a general comment about the this cycle of cards is where I'm going with it. it you don't yeah, you don't really want medic back in your deck. Yes, absolutely. It's just hey, it gives you another another trick up your sleeve kind of thing. Yep. So, just wanted to call that out there. So, after Ratchet, we finally get to our Disruptor Blade. So, this is, I guess, the best Black Pip card we've seen? Question I mark? So. Uh, I think so. Do you care, like... The assumption is that this is going to function like a grenade launcher, right? Right. It, like it, that's that's I wouldn't I wouldn't expect any upside out of it other than that. So you and I had talked about it briefly offline, I think, or I think I was talking to you. All, all my days are running together right now, so it. <laughs> I guess it it compares to can you justify a upgrade supercharge air quotes so like it, you're getting the guaranteed plus three as opposed to supercharges randomness like do you want or do you want this guaranteed plus three instead of power punch i guess is the better comparison assuming you have that black pip floating around there um do you and it sounds like you still have yet to crunch the numbers but do you picture that that's where it's gonna go for now, again, it comes down to other. If there's other playable black cards, like I mean, this would basically be one playset of them that you would play, and then oh, can you find uh, two more playsets to justify? If you can, then I think it's fine, mm-hmm. good, probably. Like it's just basically a plus three web window downside. But if 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 we don't get enough playable black cards outside of that, probably more on the like a blue black side, then I don't think it's that good like i think you would it wouldn't have a home then in my opinion like it, right. you would never run it over grenade launcher you would never run it over erratic lightning you would never run it to my opinion even over iron eyes blaster in orange decks so like you'd be you'd be back to comparing it in blue decks and again unless there's favorable blue black cards i don't think it's as good so that's what i'm waiting to see yeah it, it's a pretty tough sell at this stage but I'm open to seeing them. We're clearly going to get a plethora of black pick cards. Presumably, some of them are <laughs> are going to be good enough to run alongside this. We've seen two black orange, so I assume there's at least two black blues. So, yeah, we'll see if the uh, the one that's opposite combat dagger is just tough one or not. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, anything other major about disruptor blade? No, we're just waiting for more black cards. Yep, so we're moving on to our last two. The first one of the last set, as alluded to earlier, is Private Trailbreaker. 
So this guy lets you start with him, with a force field on him to start the game. And then, oh, and by the way, when he's in bot mode, he has brave while he has an armor. So it's it's forcing your opponent to get in there unless they have the turn one bashing shield. Well, that wouldn't even work because they would they would have to be going second and you could offer up somebody else. Sure. So we had talked about this offline briefly that in relation to something I had brought up when we were talking about Ultra Magnus, kind of trying to overload your opponent's bashing shields or other equipment removal and that this guy kind of lets you do that to some extent and you don't feel as bad if they bashing shield a force field versus bashing shielding your two star card do you at 10 stars this guy feels like he's pushing it though are you excited about trailbreaker outside of the lore aspect because it is pretty cool that you know he goes and gets a force field i think he's playable in orange decks um i just think that that any of those decks are going to have are now slanted to have better options in pick your Bumblebee or Grimlock. So, like, that's where he's going to compete. But I, I, I don't right. think that he's... Um, I think he's fine. Uh, because as long as the Force Zone actually gets activated, he's going to probably take three hits to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, which is about where those types of characters are. Um... He just doesn't do a whole lot exciting on the offensive end as compared to those other options that you mentioned. Yeah, he's pretty much just like you attack for seven in an orange deck and then he has force field. So it's like, is that good enough? Like, I don't know. Like for 10, like that's essentially like, you're basically just saving yourself from having to play an upgrade. So if you go second, for example, it's better when you go second because you can play another upgrade on him and get the force field. Right. For like, for free. So like, that's where I think it's going to be better. Um, obviously you're then susceptible to bashing shield, but like, I, I feel like if there are good, again, early game micromasters, he could probably see more play because you'll, whatever their ability is that you want to get early, mm-hmm. he, he comes in play with like, he lets you cheat the first turn. So like, yeah. I mean, I'm not always excited to play force field, but like, you can't ignore the fact that like, it is a card play. And it's force fields I make very often, but you know. Well, yeah, but force field, like you said, is not. It was definitely what felt like higher power level way back when, but it's not. I don't feel terrible playing force field compared to obviously a lot of other things. Of note, when I'm looking at this guy, though, so for him to get the brave, or even you know just be in the mode that you want to attack in, he has fire attack and bot mode. He has zero defense, which. Let's assume it's orange. You're playing him in an orange deck. Your opponent pops the force field just by doing four damage or five damage to reduce it to four. He's now down to 10 health, zero defense. He could just die in one hit to a lot of not really ex- like abnormal scenarios unless you're then wasting flips on him. And the reason I say that is like we said before, sometimes the flip density matters. Do you want to waste it on this guy just to get him into his two defense mode kind of thing? It's only one less attack, right? Uh, one less. Yeah, he's four in alt mode and five in bot mode. I mean, it might just be fine to keep him in alt mode then at that point. Exactly. Also. Yeah. So, it. I don't think the. I don't. The brave is irrelevant. He's completely irrelevant. Right. It, it's more just for the extra attack, but it, then you have a four similar to earlier discussions, you have a four attack 10 star guy 
yes, he starts with the force field, but like we said, you could also have Grimlock for that cost or one of the Bumblebees or pick a 10-star guy. But here for two defense with a built-in force field, it takes even more attack. So like that might have more play. It could. Yeah, it's definitely... So. I'm definitely interested in this. And like I mentioned, I'm... And I, I tweeted this at the official account when they when this guy got revealed. Like the, the lore aspect, I think, is really fun for this guy. Yeah. And if he... Cool. It, it, like, yes, Ratchet is a medic, so he gets medic. But that just... It feels plainer than Trailbreaker getting his force field. Like, I don't know. Agree. So, our last preview that has come out since last time uh, is today's Captain Wheeljack. Uh, car specialist again. Before the game begins, in you both, may... In both modes, right? Uh, specialist in both modes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, before the game begins, you may reveal a brainstorm from your deck and put it in your hand for nine stars. This is probably... No, eight stars. No, he's. I'm looking at him. He's nine. I thought it was eight. Yeah. Um, okay. Unless... I'm not that tired that my eyes are that blurry. <laughs> yeah, he's only... He's nine. Um, I thought it was eight. Yeah. And then on his bot mode, when you play your third action during your turn, draw a card. As many people pointed uh, out, Thundercracker, here we go, I guess. Uh, Tell us all about how much you love Brainstorm, Scott. A lot better when it gets a certain play in your hand. But it, it's not as good as I thought because I thought it was only eight stars. Yeah, he's... Uh, unfortunately, it's a... It's a what was that? Yeah, it's nine, so... Yeah, he's a, a big uh, the, chunk of your team. The draw card thing is... The draw card thing is not relevant to me. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, again, like the, the my biggest issue with brainstorm is that you don't have it when you need it, and because you get to start the game with it, you can have some obviously very powerful right. early turns, yes. um, including like if you go second, like it's going to be a really powerful turn. Um, so your opponent is definitely going to have, you know, going to have to change how they play. Um, I think you can play this in orange deck just with one brainstorm, for example. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So I, even at nine, I'm not as happy because I thought it was eight, but, um, I still think it's powerful because again, because of exactly that reason. So like if you load your deck up with a bunch of like really powerful combat actions and you, and you can go on your first attack, like reckless charge, supercharge, my guy. Like that's I don't care who the guy is. That's going to be like seven more damage. So yeah, obviously that's not irrelevant. So um, with that being said, like it, it's a powerful ability because again, what I don't like about brainstorm is that you just draw it at the wrong time. This it's that's not possible. Right. Um, so as much as I'm not a fan of it because it because it puts so much pressure on your hand, this doesn't do that. It puts no pressure on your hand because you get to start with it. Yep. So and it, if, it pretty close to says it, you transform Wheeljack, you replace the Brainstorm when you do have that turn, whether it's, like you said, Reckless Charge, Supercharge, Supercharge, One Shall Stand, 
pick whatever. Yeah, like if you use this on a guy that doesn't attack. Say that again, Scott. You were oh, breaking up. You there? Yeah, I got you. So you okay. said if you play this on a guy and then you started breaking up. If you can activate a micromaster that has some kind of relevant combat ability, which we haven't seen yet, but like I assume they exist. Mm. And you play two abilities all in one turn. Like, yes, you're very all in on that first attack. Going to be powerful. Yeah, um, that first attack is probably going to matter. <laughs> has to play differently. Um, which is the point, because you just never know where they're going to, where you're just going to lose a guy. So, right. uh, seemingly out of nowhere. It just depends on whether or not that's worth it or not. I, I, it can be. There are there are a lot of decks, well, maybe not a lot of decks, because uh, as we were talking about earlier with like Sentinels, if they lose a guy, they still have two other pretty decent guys. But there are decks where they're all in on a specific character, and if you get an opening, you just end that guy. And that that may be good enough, like you said. I just think the typical use of brainstorm play something that draws me a card, so I can play something that I drew off the card, and then play the ability, the upgrade that I that yeah, I got and off chain card. all like, kinds of nonsense. The, it, that's not going to be good enough. Like this has to be like burst immediately, go like and kill a guy, like or else it's not worth it because the star cost to stats on on the wheeljack just aren't good enough otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty tough. But you can, like you said, it it sounds as though what you're describing is not unlike the blur deck where you said you're you're trying to set up that early attack that cripples your opponent in some way and then it's downhill from there for them. Yeah, and then you're basically uh, you the character is your cost of doing that. And I I don't think it's that bad like you just can't you, the wheeljack himself just doesn't do a whole lot, so you just have to keep that in mind. But yeah, so I think it's fine. I liked it a lot better than I thought it was, but I still think it's fine because of just what it allows you to do. Yeah, it's interesting that he gets more defense in his other mode, um, his bot mode. Yeah, because I think they want you to. Yeah, they they want you to force transform. the flip. They yeah, want you exactly. to force the flip. It's yeah. just in, interesting because that's not a a common. Thing. There are other characters that do that, but it's not the general theme. Yeah. So, yeah, I do like this guy as well. Uh, obviously, there's going to be, you know, countless builds uh, trying to do the more wacky stuff that you were alluding to. I think what you're describing is probably going to be much more efficient. But I'm inclined to agree that at this stage, I can't tell you if that's worthwhile. So if you're going second, clearly your opponent's going to assume that you're on that plan and try and offer up everything else that's not relevant. In which case, are you like you're investing a lot of stars for something that may not matter because by your third attack, let's say you probably could have pieced all that together anyway and you didn't need the brainstorm. Like, you could have just had upgrade ability instead of brainstorm into two abilities on that third attack, is what I'm saying. Uh, right, I, I agree, but, like, you just have to make it so, like, that, at that point, you probably just attack with him, then. He's the one that becomes irrelevant. Like, you don't attack right. with a better character. Like, you know, you just put some 
field field communicator on them or something and swing. Yeah, that's that's I think what's positive about it is that like if they don't give you that out, he's mediocre enough for that not to matter. Yeah, like that's true. That's true. If that if that makes sense, so I maybe there's the other thing that came to mind just because I love playing steamroll is you can set up that third attack and say, okay, well, I definitely will have the brainstorms. You could go upgrade brainstorm into combat pump into steamroll. Mm-hmm. But again, that's also another, well, you could probably do that differently, much simpler with a different set of characters. But um, I think that I agree with you that there is at least potential here and he's worth keeping in mind as we move forward. Yeah, this will probably be the only way I play Rainstorm. (laughs) Yeah, that that is probably true. Uh, So that's all of the previews. Before I jump into seeing what chat has been been rambling about, any any thoughts on the previews as a whole or what you're hoping to see or anything like that? Uh, We have three preview cards, one of which will be out tomorrow real time will have already been out by the time you hear this if you're not what hearing it live awesome so you can definitely look forward to that everybody uh scott will a, a uh, reveal to the world what uh, lies in store at least for part of siege so with that let's see what um <laughs> so going way back to the beginning we're saying Scott is on record saying Dinobots aren't good infinite amount of times now. So, uh, yes, that is absolutely true. Uh, also being indicated that Clayton did actually beat up on bugs. Um, he went 4-1 in Swiss with his only loss being two Sentinels on the day. Um, Sample people, size of one mean nothing to me. Well, yes, but it is. <laughs> it, it happened. It was a thing. <laughs> I never said I never said matches were 100% zero. <laughs> Or did you? I think people are trying to to get you to say that. Um, What else we got in here? Uh, Making fun of my mannerisms. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, Everybody's, not everybody, but a couple of people are saying that the new Wheeljack looks really cool. Yes, that I can agree with, even though I'm not a huge fan of the art, like I said earlier. Um, Oh, and that apparently you, you ruined it because you had to, you thought I was lying about the star cost on Wheeljack. <laughs> oh, I just, I didn't know. I thought I saw eight. So It's allowed. It's allowed. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, Dan's taking over the Facebook next week is the word on the street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that was going to be at the end when you said, is there anything else? But yeah. Well, yeah, that uh, we might as well segue because that was the last comment in chat. So, um, <laughs> Scott, what else you got for us as a preview? <laughs> So I'm going on vacation tomorrow night for um, 10 days. So I would not expect a lot of um, updates to the website, but the fa- but the YouTube page will continue to be upgraded. Um, and the posts in the various phases of crews will come from Dan instead of me, but it'll still be the same high-quality content. Dan runs the YouTube page anyway. So like, it's just me posting it anyway. It's, it's his work. Um, but he has full access to the, to the Facebook vector Sigma page. So keep your eye there. I will attempt to update spoilers as they come out. Cause that's just the picture and then paste onto that part of the website. But I can't, I won't have time to like edit articles and things like that. So, um, 
I can even update the pictures from my phone, so that's really easy to do. Um, so continue to look at the website from a uh, Wave 3 spoiler uh, perspective, but you won't see any articles probably most likely past tomorrow for at least 10 days. But we'll still have content probably, I would say, instead of daily, probably like three times a week might be fine because I think we have enough saved up content for that two or three times a week. Um, it just won't be daily because I won't be around to run the website. So, um, and we don't, we don't, I won't be around to create content either. So, right. Uh, Dan saying in chat that YouTube will have plenty to carry us. So, uh, everybody look forward to those videos that Dan's going to be posting up there. Uh, we're, as Scott was saying, we're still going to try and make sure that we get stuff out to you, but you know, real life calls sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's allowed, I guess. We'll we'll allow it this one time. Uh, yep. But we'll obviously be back hard at work next time when we're back. I got to coordinate with Scott what in God's name we're going to do when we have like three quarters of the set by the time he comes back. Because if we keep, you know, that there's going to be a lot of days for potential spoilers there. We'll have to see how we're going to coordinate that rather than having another four-hour show. I mean, I would imagine that there's going to be from the actual mothership Watsy page. And then I know that other content creators have gotten um, preview cards as well. Yep. Uh, so, um, and most of the other ones have come from people I'd never heard of before. So there's yeah. probably some of those out there and there's probably, there's, I just, I mean, the one thing I can say is we haven't seen a lot of Decepticons. We haven't seen a lot of blue cards. So and we I haven't seen too many are- secret actions either. Well, you're right. So I assume that all those things were coming. So Yep. And of course, because uh, you're the fan of the blue cards that we're going to get all those while you're gone. So, because that's how it works. <laughs> and they're not, I can tell you up front, they're not coming me either. Okay. So. Quick preview on there. So, uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Um, anything else you wanted to, to bring up, Scott, before we close up shop? No, I'll be in London and Paris. Say hi. You can reach out to me on Facebook and you can already reached out to some people so we can go from there awesome all right everybody i think that does it for this week's episode thank you for listening thank you for watching and please tune in next time for more random thoughts